Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a special edition of your Times Daily World Briefing on Thursday, the 24th of February. I'm Alex Dibble. And I'm Christian Smith. Russia has invaded Ukraine. Whoever would try to stop us and create further threats to our country should know that Russia's response will be immediate. In one of the darkest days in Europe since the Second World War, we dedicate the podcast to the latest from Ukraine. This is a member of the United Nations Security Council, permanent member of the UN Security Council, uh, charged with maintaining international peace and security in the world, deciding unprovoked to invade on a massive scale a neighboring country, no doubt with great loss of life, and it changes the world. Times of London Daily World Briefing. The long-feared Russian invasion of Ukraine has begun. After weeks of military build-up on the Ukrainian border and desperate diplomatic efforts, the question of whether Russian President Vladimir Putin was bluffing has been answered. He was not. In what is a rapidly developing situation, everything in this podcast is accurate at the time of recording. Speaking to the Russian people just before 6am Moscow time, the Russian president declared his intentions. I decided to conduct a special military operation. Its goal is the protection of people who over eight years have suffered from abuse and genocide from the Kiev regime. President Putin also said he wanted to demilitarize and denazify neighboring Ukraine, provocative language about a country led by a Jewish president, but familiar with Putin's long attempts to demonize its leadership. President Putin denounced what he called a genocide orchestrated by Ukraine in the country's eastern provinces and NATO's aggressive policy towards Russia. Moments after the speech, explosions were heard in the Ukrainian capital, Kiev. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky spoke shortly afterwards. Today, calm is needed from each of you. If you can, please stay at home. We are working. The army is working. The whole security and defence sector is working. I will be in constant contact with you. So will the National Security and Defence Council of Ukraine and the Cabinet of Ministers of Ukraine too. I will talk to you soon. 
President Zelensky called on all citizens who were ready to defend the country from Russian forces to come forward, saying Kiev would issue weapons to everyone who wants them. It was only a few hours earlier that the Ukrainian president had delivered a passionate plea in Russian to Russian citizens. I know that the Russian states won't show my address on Russian TV, but Russian people have to see it. They need to know the truth, and the truth is that it is time to stop now before it is too late. And if the Russian leaders don't want to sit with us behind the table for the sake of peace, maybe they will sit behind the table with you. Do Russians want war? I would like to know the answer, but the answer only depends on you, citizens of the Russian Federation. The situation on the ground in Ukraine is changing quickly, but reports suggest that attacks have come from three sides, from Russia to the east, Belarus to the north, and Crimea to the south. Military officials said cruise missiles have been used in attacks on Kiev's airport, and that tanks have been seen crossing its northern border with Belarus. Strikes were reported in the far west of the country, while air raid sirens sounded in the city of Lviv, close to the Polish border. Russia's defense ministry claims that it's not targeting Ukrainian cities and that nothing threatens the civilian population. But according to Ukraine's interior ministry, several civilians have already been killed. At this stage, it's also understood that 40 Ukrainian soldiers have been killed. Ukrainian border guards said that they were under attack along the entire border with Belarus. In the south, they posted images of Russian troops crossing a checkpoint between Crimea and mainland Ukraine. Anthony Lloyd is the Times of London's war correspondent and is on the front line in eastern Ukraine. I'm in a small town, uh, probably about 10 miles back from the front with, uh, between the pro-Russian separatists, Russian forces and the Ukrainians started off with artillery pre-dawn, uh, the sound of you know very heavy detonations just from the outskirts of the town I'm in, which have now built up as a continuing roll of backdrop sound of artillery. Whatever fatalism that the Ukrainians might have showed in this area towards the approach of war before, that seems to have gone. Um, I see people uh, leaving their homes for a lengthy queues, garages, people queuing desperately to get petrol, queues at banks trying to get money out of cash points. Everybody's looking at their phone to try and update the signals beginning to go. Martial law has also been declared in Ukraine. In the capital Kiev, huge queues of cars are blocking roads as thousands attempt to escape the capital. Meanwhile, lines of shoppers queue at supermarkets and ATMs. Louise Callahan is on the ground for the Times of London in Kiev. You know, it is just a sense of shock. I think that's the the biggest impression that I'm getting. People, until a couple of days ago, people were being told, don't panic, stay calm, nothing's going to happen. And so a lot of people haven't even taken cash out. They haven't bought food or anything. So I think there's a real sense of shock. But at the same time, there are also people who are sort of going to work and going around about their daily lives. It's a very weird mix. I mean, I just went to a kebab shop where there's a Egyptian guy happily working away and he says, yeah, it's a normal day, don't worry about it. Mm. But yeah, this but this morning we were all woken up by the sounds of strikes at the airport. And also I, I just went to the bus station and the train station and they're absolutely packed with people trying to flee. 
Jock Mendoza-Wilson is a British citizen trying to leave Kiev in his car. There's queues outside most of the banks, probably about 50 deep. And they're also going and uh, stocking up with goods in case the situation deteriorates further. Certainly it's a very tense situation. Moscow correspondent for the Daily Beast, Anna Nepsova, told Times Radio that Russian citizens cannot understand their president's actions. People wake up in Ukraine and they call me from Odessa, from Kiev, from uh, Kharkiv. People wake up uh, at 5 a.m., Basically, as soon as uh, the speech was over, people could hear explosions in Kiev and they could hear explosions in Odessa. Uh, and that's what nobody can make sense of in Russia. Nobody understands why Russia is bombing Ukrainian cities. General Sir Richard Sharif is the former Deputy Supreme Allied Commander of NATO in Europe. He told Times Radio that we must assume the worst. There is a sense of profound sadness and grief and I think all our hearts must go out to the the people of Ukraine because this is going to be about as bad as anything we've seen since the Second World War. But I think we must assume the worst. On the way, we bring you the international response to Russia's attack as markets plunge and the world asks, what next? Times of London Daily World Briefing. In his speech launching the attack, President Putin issued a warning to the West. Whoever would try to stop us and create further threats to our country, to our people, should know that Russia's response will be immediate and lead you to such consequences that you have never faced in your history. We're ready for any outcome. As Mr Putin's orders were being broadcast, an emergency session of the UN Security Council was in process. It was a surreal moment, as this statement from US Ambassador to the UN, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, demonstrates. At the exact time, as we are gathered in the Council, seeking peace... Putin delivered a message of war in total disdain for the responsibility of this council. This is a grave emergency. The council will need to act, and we will put a resolution on the table tomorrow. Ukraine's ambassador addressed the Security Council. Well, as you read and you heard in the Security Council chamber, the Russian war started against Ukraine. In fact, the war started in 2014. It's a historical embarrassment to the humanity and to this particular organization that has failed to take the necessary actions in the course of the last eight years. Shortly after reports of explosions near Kiev broke, world leaders took to Twitter to respond. U.S. President Joe Biden said Mr. Putin has chosen a premeditated war that will bring a catastrophic loss of life and human suffering. While French President Emmanuel Macron, who just three days ago was hoping to broker peace through a U.S.-Russia summit, ordered the Kremlin to end its military operations immediately. President of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, condemned the invasion. And once again in the centre of Europe... Innocent women, men and children are dying of fear for their lives. We condemn this barbaric attack and the cynical arguments to justify it. 
It is President Putin who is bringing war back to Europe. And in these dark hours, the European Union and its people stand by Ukraine and its people. China, however, has refrained from condemning the Kremlin's actions. At a foreign ministry press conference, spokeswoman Hua Chunying refused to accept an invasion is underway and said the situation is underpinned by a complex political background. Inevitably, it's those countries closest to Russia that feel most concerned. The foreign ministers of Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania have released a joint statement condemning the invasion. They were in Kiev to show solidarity with the Ukrainian government when news of the invasion broke. General Sir Richard Sheriff has told Times Radio there is a very real prospect of this spilling into NATO territory. We must assume that Putin is planning to occupy Ukraine. And that means that the world we live in has changed fundamentally, that there is a very real prospect of this spilling into NATO territory, Mm. the eastern countries of the NATO alliance. Times of London Daily World Briefing. Now let's take a look at how the markets are reacting. Oil prices surged on Thursday, with Brent breaching $100 a barrel for the first time since 2014. Stock markets slumped and the ruble hit a record low. Unsurprisingly, Russian and Ukrainian markets went into freefall. Here's Times Radio's business correspondent, Dominic O'Connell. People all around the world, as you said earlier, are now thinking about what does Russia supply to the rest of the world economy, a tenth of the world's oil uh, it's it's the biggest exporter of, of wheat, big supplier of uh, nickel, uh, all, all these metals which are used in manufacturing, which are vital to modern manufacturing processes. So as you said, there will be a bit of a, a sort of a calib- recalibration this morning as people think what this actually means for financial markets. And the big thing is, what will the West do in terms of sanctions? Russia's move increases concerns that a war in Europe could disrupt global energy supplies. Russia is the world's second largest oil producer, mainly selling its crude to European refineries, and is the largest provider of natural gas to Europe, providing about 35% of the supply. Germany, which gets half of its gas from Russia, has already said that it can guarantee security of supply, even without Russian gas or oil. Analysts are also warning of inflationary pressure on the global economy from a rise in oil prices, especially for Asia, which imports most of its energy needs. Ukrainian diplomat Oleksandr Sherba has said his country will not cave to pressure from Vladimir Putin. He won't be capable to deal with this country at any point because People hate him here. I mean, yeah. people don't want him here. He can destroy, he can he can kill us, but he won't make us uh, his slaves. Absolutely not. On the Western side, sanctions are already being dialed up. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen has pledged to introduce financial penalties that will severely weaken the Russian economy, as President Joe Biden has also said the US and its allies will impose severe sanctions on the Kremlin. One of the UK's foreign office ministers, James Cleverly, has told Times Radio how the UK will respond. He is now invaded and we will put in place, as I say, an unprecedented, punitive 
um, uh, measure. It will have an effect. We're already seeing it's having an effect, even before the sanctions have been laid. The Russian stock market, their equivalent to the FTSE index, has dropped by over 30%. That is a huge collapse in Russia's economic power. The, ru- the value of the ruble has collapsed. But Ukrainian MP Kira Rudik says more robust action is needed from the West. The sanctions don't work. We already see it. Uh, we need uh, all the help. It should be military help. And it should happen today, tomorrow, because they are bringing their, uh, their forces to the largest Ukrainian cities. For many Ukrainians, time is now running out. And as thousands flee, Latvian officials have said they are preparing for an unpredictable refugee flow. For many Ukrainians, time is now running out. And as thousands flee, Latvian officials have said they are preparing for an unpredictable refugee flow. Former British Foreign Secretary Lord Haig has told Times Radio the world has now changed. It is the most significant event in Europe since the Second World War. Uh, absolutely. This is, a, this is a member of the United Nations Security Council, permanent member of the UN Security Council, uh, charged with maintaining international peace and security in the world, deciding unprovoked to invade on a massive scale a neighboring country, no doubt with great loss of life to come. And so that is something we haven't seen. We haven't seen that in the world since, um, since 1945. Um, and it's, it's an immense event and it changes the world. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Thursday the 24th of February. This podcast from the Times of London is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.